Hello, and welcome to the Friday edition of The Dice Are Screaming. Oh. I'm your host, Randy. And Mike. Yeah, today we're going to talk about Game Master preparation. Like when you're coming to a new area, and you've got the books, and you've got your players and scheduling conflicts all ironed out, and you're ready to throw down with the game. You know, things that you need to do to get ahead of yourself in the game and get it running properly. So the first thing you have to start with is, of course, what venue you're playing at, whether it's a, an event or a store. You know, you need to be able to arrive early and set up and also direct players there so they're not tripping over themselves trying to find out where you're at. Yeah, good address information, everybody on the same page, uh, forming a communications network that keeps your fellow players uh, all in touch. Uh, you know, most modern cell phones, uh, smartphones can, uh, you know, you can sync up a list of people who are relevant to this conversation and zap, text them all in one shot. Yep. Uh, or via computer message board, things like that. And whether you're gaming at your place or a friend's house, being able to get there on time and get the players settled in, you want to take about maybe oh, 30 minutes or so to let people filter in and uh, get settled in and get to know each other, especially if you're playing with your regular group, you know, players and scheduling conflicts aside, you know, you've ironed those out. We're pretty much, you know, going to assume that you already know when your players are available and you set up a day that everybody can meet and play for a few hours, whether it's three or four hours, let everybody know ahead of time. But, you know, whatever time your session is, you know, you have a positive begin time and an end time, a cutoff time. Yeah, something firmly and comfortably decided on that, you know, right about time X, you know, we should begin to kick off, uh, break off conversations because it's great to see your friends, which honestly is very much one of the best parts of gaming. Mm -hmm. uh, you make friends with common interests and you get to talk. Uh, however, a lot of the time you will find yourself with constraints on how much time you can spend. Uh, you may not have an eight or ten hour block to completely kick back. Uh, so if you're capped at like four hours or six hours, you probably want to, you know, you're going to want to get on point and really, you know, ride herd on your party without being especially cruel. Uh, you yeah, don't yeah. really want to stomp on them, but, uh, you know, coax them gently, carrot and stick style. Yep, use a transition time to let them talk about, you know, new movies or last week's Game of Thrones episode, do a few jokes, and just kind of get chummy with one another. That's the big thing, is gaming is a social uh, event. Oh, and it very lets, much. You know... It lets people kind of get to know one another, and you come from a large, diverse cast of people who have an interest in fantasy gaming and fantasy subjects, as well as the general nerdery and geekery that goes on in our culture right now, which we're abundantly blessed with. Yeah. So, you know, letting them get out of their system and get settled in helps it, but sometimes you're at a venue or an event where... Time is of the essence, and so, you know, you have to be a hatchet man and just, you know, cut conversations short. Okay, let's get on to this. Especially at game shops or, uh, you know, somebody else's house where there is a time limit or, you know, uh, people have to be back in time for their kids. Or if you're in a convention hall and you've got just one four-hour block to get this game out and done, you want, you know, uh, pre-drafted character sheets ready for everybody. Uh, and 
you know, a sufficient amount of time for people to select them, make themselves familiar, discuss a few rules, and then you got to launch. So knowing what you're going to need to give people ahead of time, huge win-win. Yep, and we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on this as the Game Master. You know, you have to be ready to take care of yourself. You have to be rested and well nourished you know <laughs> just grabbing a slice of pie at the corner store and you know chugging down a case of Mountain Dew yeah I'm looking at you Mike yeah all right you know if you're going to question my lifestyle choices here uh yeah all right I'm guilty as charged I'm, I'm, <laughs> I ain't even gonna play I ain't even gonna play I just it's true uh I have been known more than once uh to show up on a wing and a prayer uh pound some Mountain Dew and jump in. And, uh, you know, this guy can attest to years ago when I worked the night shift, uh, I would even keel over in mid-game uh, and just, you know, nod off. And that was the last anybody heard of me until they cracked open a fresh Mountain Dew and kind of let it waft under my nose uh, as a gentle way to wake me up because it is kind of like poking an owlbear. Mm. Uh, true. Yeah, I'm a nice enough guy, but, uh, I mean, geez, don't wake me out of a dead sleep. And if you're sick or not feeling up to it, you know, that's going to really affect the game for everybody. So sometimes canceling is the better choice. Yeah, I mean, if you're down a couple of players uh, and, you know, somebody's on the fence and not doing too great, eh, maybe just walk it back and accept that this is not a week for a game and no or hard play feelings. play something else. Yeah. You know. a board game or two, yeah. Oh, yeah, bring out the board games. You yeah. know, there's ways to fill in that time and still have fun. Without sacrificing your game night. But as a game master, you know, the impetus is on you to be prepared. And that's knowing not only just the encounters and treasures, but also the environment you're going to be adventuring in. So having those notes studied beforehand and, you know, having little clip notes. Mike, oh. you were talking about a uh, notepad you keep? Yeah, I prefer uh, small size yellow legal pads with the, you know, flippable sheets that uh, you use these as a quick reference file uh, and in my case I usually use it to keep tabs on who's in the party uh, you know where their relative health is at uh, where their supplies are you know situated uh, who has how much of what who brought along familiars and or henchmen and what the basic health and armor of those henchmen are uh, because I'm not saying you cannot trust players, but in all of the chaos and confusion, people will tend to forget to jot a note down and, like, yeah, did your henchman fighter have 37 hit points or 31? And this next hit is going to decide something big. Uh, you're going to want that information handy. Uh, and it is a lot easier to write it down in advance and to you know, tabulate those little alterations as the game unfolds. Uh, I just keep it off to my right-hand side, and I have the primary information right in front of me, uh, you know, the, the core rule books of whatever system uh, and the information about the adventure itself are front and center. But very close by and easily grabbed a hold of is my little side notes mm -hmm. so that I'm never completely caught off guard. And it's also good to make notes about key encounters uh, and maybe flip the pages forward and have a section on monsters you're pretty sure they're going to encounter tonight with everything statted out uh, so that you have a relative understanding of the strength of the creatures and their relative strength compared to the party. Uh, 
that if you've done your game prep time, you'll already know if this is an encounter that will be a doomsday juggernaut or a cakewalk. Ah. Yep, and each week between sessions or days or months, depending on your schedule and how frequently you play, you need to do your homework. And you need about three to four hours between sessions, and you can spread it out among the days to study not only the NPCs, events, and other things that are occurring in your campaign, but also keep notes and atop of monsters that they'll be facing ahead of time, as well as just, as Mike said, the environments of the dungeon or the areas that you're going to be adventuring in. Keeping sharp notes about that helps your game run smooth and being prepared ahead of time doing monster abilities that they'll be facing as well as encounters and wandering monsters that could crop up. Having those pre-plotted out ahead of time so you can just transition to those easily. Whether it's a group of six hobgoblin mercenaries looking for trouble or a rampaging dragon that just shows up. Having all those stats ready for you makes it run real smooth. Yeah, having an accurate tally on party supplies uh, mm -hmm. is also a valuable tool. It may seem a little unkind, <clears throat> and this might just me being the petty, evil, old DM <laughs> that I am, but uh, if a party gets caught up short, if they first, nobody wanted to play the cleric, uh, nobody's got any create water or create food, uh, or, you know, conjure supplies type spells. Uh, if nobody has those and they're on a lengthy journey, they had better have supplied themselves beforehand or they will find themselves in a most unenviable position further down the road, like a desert hike. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're making an 18-day desert hike and they only had 14 days of supplies. Well, looks like we're straining our urine through our loincloths once again. For those last four days. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's not such a rough hike for the ranger, who is probably used to this, but, uh, you know, if that mage who's used to comfy living in town has to eat his own shoe leather to get by, uh, you're going to watch that player character cry. Yeah, uh, and that's why rangers have two hit dice at first level, by the way. But, you know, all these things help you facilitate the game, and it also adds a certain tension to encounters that are specific to time and travel especially the length, and this also puts the impetus on players to be prepared. And it may seem like an onerous task, but that's part of what you are as a DM. You're also a part-time accountant, keeping track of supplies and also doing character sheet audits, making sure that, hey, Bob, uh, you fired off 50 arrows in the last six days. Uh, how many quivers do you have? Only two? Well, I guess uh, you're out of arrows, so better be pulling out that broadsword. Yeah, the, the work of the DM is often inglorious. Uh, I don't think any of us like to, to think of ourselves as, you know, I didn't get into this to be, you know, like uh, an accountant. Uh, but that, that clerking uh, does put stress on the player characters. It makes them innovate. It makes them make smarter decisions. It challenges them. And when players achieve rewards and, you know, complete goals... Uh, having been challenged during that is one of the things that makes the rewards and the goals that much sweeter. It, it improves gameplay. It doesn't completely distract from it. And it adds tension, and it makes the payoff all that much sweeter. Yeah, who doesn't enjoy that moment where the players get really cunning and crafty because they only brought 100 feet of rope, and that cliff is 150 feet. <laughs> you really want to watch them innovate at that moment, uh, that'll be it. You know, that's, it's like, well, I'm pretty sure at least two of us can take about 30 points of damage. 
Uh, <laughs> they start making decisions at that point, and that is fun. Yep. So a lot of your prep work is being up to speed on monster abilities, your players' resources, as well as keeping track of things like wands and snaps, the charges on them, and the treasure divided. But also, we have to touch on players also coming prepared. Yes, which, uh, as we all know, literally every game group has at least one. Uh, there's, there's, you know, six people showing up, and one of them will assure you at every step of the way that they have brought everything that they could possibly require. And only seconds after having achieved a seated position will they then realize that they have forgotten every single thing that they could possibly... Like, no character, no dice, no books, no nothing. They uh, Literally a sack full of stuff they don't need and not one of the things that they do. We're looking right at Next you here, day. Dave. Yep, yeah, Dave. That's, that's you. Love them like a brother, but we, we just call this one like we see it. But everybody's got one, so... Uh, <laughs> You know, doing your best to encourage players to take a little role uh, in the responsibility of being ready for game themselves is not a bad thing. I'm not saying harp on it harshly, but uh, do encourage people, like, have your gear, uh, be ready to roll. Because when the clock hits so-and-so, we're doing this. Right. So, dice, rule books, supplemental materials, flat books. All your players should be carrying those things and have them accessible during the uh, time to play. And always a good idea, uh, encourage players to help take some of this clerical work off of you. Right. Uh, because it's not like they can't. And if you, you know, got a couple of uh, eager players or one declared as like the, the party adjudicator, uh, having them have a couple of rule books handy, they settle the minor things like, uh, what's the spell definition on that? Or, you know, how does this item work? Uh, let that person be the resource guide for those littler things while you work on adventure flow and actual descriptions and you know the progress of the of the game. Uh, likewise, getting somebody else to be the tallier for treasures and things like that is terrific, but also have them you know sensibly issue a copy to you, uh, snap a picture of it with their phone forward it to you, so you have updated copies at the end of every game. So you never know when you might have a person out sick, or at work, or family emergency or vacation, and you really don't want the party, like, wow, uh, you know, you were, I'm pretty sure you had a couple of vials of oil, but that's a large green slime in front of you, and I'm, I'm not sure how generous I want to be for a person who doesn't have anything listed on his character sheet. Yeah. So... You know, being able to have somebody take care of some of the chores for you helps to take that burden off you. But, you know, ultimately you've got to be able to have access to that. So have them hand it off to you if they're going to be out for a session or two or whatnot. But, you know, that's also help from the players and it helps the game run smoother. So, you know, one of the big things about preparation is making sure not only you're taken care of and the game site is prepared for you or you know where you're going, but also to be ahead one step ahead of the players and that's done through preparatory work and that's really the payoff and as onerous as it can be and sometimes a little bit of a drudge it has its rewards and that's part of the many hats you wear as a game master so don't shirk away from that that's part of the old school ethic just like encumbrance some people say oh it's a pain in the butt to keep track of hey you know 
it adds realism. So, you know, they have to make a decision whether they're going to cart off the silver pieces or just the gold and gems, you know. Yeah, and uh, look, <laughs> moment of confession. Uh, <laughs> I am one of the worst for this. Uh, yeah, I am that player character who will cart off the flagstones. Wow, is that, uh, is that Italian marble? Oh, we are taking that with us. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> I don't think we brought enough mounts to pile with that. Are you trying to kill your horses? Well, I'm not trying to kill them, but I, I am trying to make this to the marketplace. <laughs> uh, guilty as charged. But yep. encumbrance counts. Uh, it does matter. Uh, and, you know, the vulnerability of their existing supplies, if you know the quantities they have and a circumstance arises that diminishes those resources, like, uh, I am sorry about where that trap door was located, because you just landed in the bugbear midden heap. Oh. oh, by the way, how well sealed was that backpack? Because you better have somebody with a purified food and drink spell. <laughs> right, and also, like, in long trips and wilderness adventures and encounters, especially, like, as we mentioned before, through a desert, may seem onerous or laborious to keep track of supplies and things like that. They not only add attention to that to those encounters and travel time, but they give meaning to the spells, like purify food and drink, create water, and also uh, create food and water. Yeah, I mean, maybe they loaded up on uh, magic missiles and uh, command spells, but... Uh... You can remind them that there are good purposes for those other spells, just through play. And they're there for a reason, so you validate those spells' existence by just keeping good track of things for the players. And it adds to an interest in the world. As Mike spoke before, there's a lot of tension that comes from having to, when you have to drop down a 150-foot pit or crevice, a crevasse, did I say it right? Yeah. And you only have 100 feet of rope, they get darn creative. <laughs> and that is always fun to watch. And yep. it's actually, I've seen people prouder of themselves for having accomplished a goal against a simple natural obstacle than they were about the brawl for it all they got in with the actual, uh, you know, enemy monsters. Uh, the moment that they were proudest, it was like, God, you remember the way we figured out how to get across that broken bridge? You know, that moment lingers in people's memory, and I've yep. seen it happen, so... I will never, ever poo-poo aiming for a modest sense of realism, which can be achieved by good note-taking and a good, solid idea of where the party is at, uh, supply and equipment-wise, and abilities. Right, which, you know, is also part of that Game Master prep time. But I think we've covered that pretty well, yeah. so we're going to leave you off. It's Friday. We hope you all get a good weekend of gaming. We'll be back Tuesday, but before we go, I want to mention that in this Anchor app that we're podcasting on, you can also leave us messages. And so make sure you do that. You can download the Anchor app and leave us a message and tell us what you think or have some comments or things you'd like us to talk about. You can uh, use that app on your phone or other device get a hold of us and let us know what's going on. Here, here. And also you can get a hold of us on the Dice Are Screaming Facebook page and of course our usual Twitter handles uh, Magi Fox at Twitter and, and Death Hand Gaming that's D-E-T-H-A-N-D Gaming and that is where you can get a hold of us on Twitter so 
All right, well, that's going to do it for us. So hope you have a great weekend, and we'll come back at you next time. And may the dice always roll in your favor. We're out.